0: Let's talk about an issue that is almost never discussed in media, and that is rights and benefits for disabled Americans. So uh, joining us now is Dylan Brown. He's a a disability rights advocate. Dylan, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you for having me back.
0: Uh, No problem, brother. So there's two uh, significant issues that are happening right now that uh, affects the disabled community. One is potentially getting cut off from Medicaid uh, because of the coronavirus rules that existed and are now ending. So help us understand that. What what happened during COVID that was helpful? And then we'll talk about how it might be ending.
1: So at the beginning of the pandemic, um, the House and Senate passed a giant uh, spending package to, uh, for COVID relief. In that package, There was money that went to states um, and in that package there was additional allocation of Medicaid funding uh, about 6% of their overall budget uh, on the condition that states don't uh, unenroll anybody from Medicaid who doesn't meet the eligibility as it stands. So basically it was just continuous enrollment. Um, for three years. And as long as the public health emergency continued, that was supposed to continue. But obviously, back in January, the public health emergency uh, was not brought to an end because Health and Human Services uh, said that they would give 60 days notice, but that notice was given. Um, And then a little while after that, it was revealed that in the omnibus package that passed at the end of last year, uh, the continuous enrollment provision of the public health emergency was actually decoupled. So uh, coverage could be taken away a lot sooner than people were expecting.
0: So Dylan, how does that affect your life? So uh, in terms of Medicaid, what are the implications of being able to be on and and be taken off?
1: So for the disabled medicaid is even more important than just regular health insurance for me um, i use a state program that provides me aid services Um, i have no use of my arms or legs so i can't get up in the morning by myself Um, and the individual states new jersey included have programs that provide long uh, long long-term care for the disabled, Um, but a condition of that is that Medicaid uh, that you be eligible for Medicaid. Um, And a lot of the rules around Medicaid eligibility are very strict. Um, Social security as we're going to get into has very strict requirements and that's often the most obvious way to get Medicaid funding or to get Medicaid eligibility.
0: So uh, what is a restriction, for example, that you were relieved not to be under uh, as Medicaid was extended during COVID?
1: Um, So when I was on Social Security, um, you could only make, uh, in my case on SSI, you could only make uh, double what your monthly benefit was. Uh, My monthly benefit was about $400 or $500 a month. So that meant I was only able to make around $800 a month. Um, That was not the case during the pandemic. I was allowed to actually make money. Um, I can't think of many jobs, especially with the minimum wage going up, that would be under $800 a month. Um, There are other programs out there that have, more expansive um, eligibility requirements, but good luck trying to find those. I got really lucky and actually found, I think, a post on Twitter about my about the more uh, expansive program. They don't educate you on this stuff.
0: That's interesting. So, so let's go to SSI then. So, first of all. Uh, a lot of people don't even know that it goes to seven million disabled people uh, and and helps them not only maintain themselves but for some folks to just stay alive. And so, mm-hmm. um, so talk to us about the change that Biden's proposing there.
1: So there have been a lot of uh, proposed changes to, Medicaid, uh, to Social Security rather right. over the years, and a lot of those changes were. Uh, bipartisan, uh, had bipartisan support back in, I believe it was 2020, um, Senators Rob Portman and Sherrod Brown, a Republican and a Democrat, proposed major changes to Social Security. The increase of the income requirement, the uh, an increase in the asset limit, and the elimination of the marriage penalty and the uh, in kind support penalty. So obviously those changes haven't been implemented. But recently, President Biden and the Social Security Administration announced that they were going to propose an end to at the very least the in kind support penalty. So the in kind support penalty is a little vague and really confusing, Um, it essentially penalizes a person on SSI if they receive housing or food from another person. So technically you are supposed to log anytime you receive a meal or or, or regularly receive meals from other people Um, or if you live with family, that's also held against you. This proposed change would eliminate that.
0: So you could actually get help without them docking yeah, your benefits, and the benefits are not large. I mean, they're what is it, nine hundred and sixty-one, nine no. hundred and fourteen dollars a month, right? And so, mm-hmm. in the as it is now, uh, the current rules are yes, but if someone. Buys you a sandwich. Oh, nope. You got to make note of that. And we're going to give you less money because of that. If someone helps you, if you sleep on someone's couch, oh, nope. That's kind of rent. And so it, we're going to dock you for
1: that. Yeah. Right? It, it, it could mean that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so look, credit to Biden, right? Uh, so uh, yeah. I do a lot of critique of Biden, but here's a, a very helpful uh, amendment that they're basically proposing to this rule, right?
1: Yeah, it's a huge victory. Um, It's obviously not the bill that was going to be passed or that was being proposed, but it's significantly better than nothing. And yeah.
0: Yeah, Dylan, in this case, I know that they are putting it up for public comment, etc. But is there a chance that it gets derailed or is this mainly an executive action? And so at least on the SSI front, you're gonna be okay.
1: Um, I, I'm not 100% clear. And that's one of the problems I have with disability benefits in this country is that there's no real clear guidance um, on any of these rules. Um, And so I, I don't know. I think it will probably be okay. I think this is within the purview of the executive branch but i'm not 100 sure
0: so one more thing dylan i think some would say uh well certainly the government officials that want to end medicaid automatic medicaid enrollment not end it altogether, but uh and and not are not in favor of the biden's proposed change to ssi all that general group of folks and they exist and unfortunately they're a fairly large group in america right uh Mm -hmm. so they would say hey you know what Uh, you know, if you're worried about getting docked for working or for this or that, why don't you just get a job and come off of government benefits? What don't they
1: understand? Um, It's really hard. I want to give people who don't support it a lot of uh, the benefit of the doubt in this case, because it's hard to know exactly what the barriers are unless you live in them. Um, for me, I require fairly extensive care. Um, I, I was doing calculations um, before I started law school. And for me to live on my own and pay out of pocket for the care that I need But after taxes, I would need to make around 150 to $180,000 a year just to get by and do what everyone else does. That's not feasible for most people.
0: And Dylan, there's one other giant issue, right? because it's conceivable that hey you know you're going to law school you could become a lawyer and make uh, maybe one day make 200,000. Wouldn't that be amazing? It's not impossible. It would be incredibly no. difficult, but I uh, you know but you're an incredibly bright guy it's it's, it's it's possible, but you can't get from 0 to there, right? You have to live no. the years in between. So if you can't ever work between now and then, how would you ever make it to 150 to 180,000?
1: Right, and that's that's been the source of a lot of my frustration is, okay, I have this goal, but even under the most generous and expansive program in New Jersey, um, which they're proposing some changes, they passed some changes last year uh, that would greatly expand the benefits, uh, but- they haven't implemented those changes yet. But even under the most generous proposal, uh, even under the most generous eligibility scheme as it exists right now, my wages would have to go up 250 percent, roughly. I would have to go from making roughly $60,000 a year maximum under the most generous eligibility scheme, and that's still being worked out because it's a nightmare to try to get new benefits. But even under that scheme, I would have to go from from 60,000 to 150,000. And I don't know any company that's going to give that kind of wage without some stepping stone.
0: Yeah, no, for the disabled community, they have to have more realistic rules. So I'm not saying, hey, you turn out to be disabled and a millionaire. That's totally possible. Then no, you don't need the government program. But to cut people off at 60,000 or less. They're never gonna get to a place where they can afford their own care. It doesn't make sense.
1: I mean, I'm not even sure that I agree that you should have your benefits taken away if you are incredibly wealthy. Yes, obviously you don't need the care as much because you can pay for it. But if we are as progressives going to advocate for universal health care, which I do and we all do. I think that needs to include those disability benefits. It can't leave those out of the equation, I don't think.
0: So last thing here, Dylan's right in that whenever you take benefits away from wealthy folks, they then wanna kill the program. (laughs) So there's a reason why Social Security still goes to the wealthiest people in the country. Because they also paid into it, right? And we all paid into it, (laughs) and then they get it back. And guess what? Social Security and Medicare, which is also uh, very similar, Uh, are immune from attack because everybody gets it, right? The minute that you start taking things away, then unfortunately it splits us up. And the wealthy have a lot more power than we do. And next thing you know, uh, the program that gives assistance is in a lot bigger trouble. So, and we should all have universal health care anyway. But unfortunately, we're so used to living under brutal conditions uh, that (laughs) we're like, can you just help a little more? right? Yeah. And that's that's the situation we're in. But Dylan Brown, uh, a disability rights advocate, has got his uh, eye on this and and he tracks it and he does a great job of fighting for it. So Dylan, thank you so much for joining us and giving some clarity to these issues.
1: Thank you for having me. I'd be happy to do it again in the future. All right, wonderful.